Pastor Todd Coconado, this is the Daily Rundown, and we are so thankful that you've tuned in. Thank you to the new listeners that are joining us for the first time. We want to welcome you to the show, and uh, we have a lot of things to talk about today. So yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was an epic day, an epic day, and I think, honestly, a day where it was organized and coordinated. In fact, I know that to be the fact um, that this was a setup and a trap for the social media companies. It was a setup and a trap so that people that are asleep can see in broad daylight the censorship that's going on of conservatives, of Christians, of truth tellers, and many, many people have uh, been sitting back and questioning. How do I know this? Because relatives of mine that I have never heard speak of stuff that we talk about here on the Remnant Radio program all of a sudden are saying, hey, Todd, what do you think about this? Or hey, they're sending me a video of something that I would share. And this is encouraging because I think it's like a snowball effect. And I know that the polls, I know they're out there saying that Donald Trump is behind Joe Biden. But let's just think about this from a wisdom standpoint. Let's just think about this and ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. Because as I pray and I'm seeking the Lord on this election, how we're praying, and what's at stake? And that, to me, is the most important thing, is the, the future. I'm very much for religious liberties and freedoms and, of course, our Constitution and protecting our Constitution, protecting the, um, the, the greatest country in the history of the world, which is the United States of America, that they've tried to demean and, and, and make us out to look like the worst country in the world, when, in fact, this country has accomplished more things than any other nation in the history of the planet. Now, have we gotten off course morally? Yes, that's why I preach about repentance. And I believe that there needs to be a, a major move in the body of Christ for pastors and preachers to start teaching the full Bible again, uh, to stop being, you know, weak. I mean, I don't know another word to say. There's, there's, I'll give you an example. I have a pastor friend. His name's Shane Eidelman. Hopefully, he's, I think he's going to be on the show next week. Pastor Shane's a dear friend of mine, one of my best friends. He has a church out there in Leona Valley, California, and uh, they had to close down because of Governor Newsom's new mandates about churches. So all these churches are having to deal with these very different, um, you know, uh, basically the, the draconian, tyrannical uh, orders from Sacramento in California that are saying churches can't sing worship. Oh, by the way, a week later, let's just close down churches altogether again after they had just, woke, you know, just opened up for like a week or two. I mean, it was like ridiculous. So, you know, they closed down the churches again. So churches and pastors are getting creative. Those that are bold remnant pastors, those that are people that want to stand for righteousness and truth, um, what they're doing is they're saying, you know, we'll find a workaround. And they're asking the Lord for, for an open door. And so with Pastor Shane, he got an open door. He got the Jet Hawks Stadium. And that's what we're going to have him on the show to talk about what God's doing out there. But it's a local um, AAA baseball field. And he moved his church over there. He said, well, we'll have outdoor services and we'll, you know, we'll practice social distancing and families can sit together and uh, we have plenty of room to spread out and we'll have an outdoor service. And guess what? 
the local authorities don't really have much to say about it. What could they say, right? Because he's following the rules and he's outside. And uh, they haven't told us we can't be outside yet, although in California that could be coming down the pike, honestly. Uh, but but regardless, so he's having these services outside. And so, you know, talking with him and, you know, his congregation and stuff, and I'm seeing these other pastors that are that are getting upset about him having outdoor services. And I think to myself, why would these pastors be getting upset? And I thought about it. I said, well, they're upset because they're closed down and they haven't opened. Now, there's other churches in the area that are open. I know many friends in the area. Pastor Rob Enos is open. I know, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of churches that I know in the Palmdale, Lancaster, California area that are open. And uh, they're remnant pastors. They're people that are they're not going to let a, t- a tyrant, a dictator like uh, Gavin Newsom, because ultimately President Trump said churches are essential. He already deemed churches essential. So if you think about it, you know, if an essential worker is able to be working and, you know, what they're saying, the essential workers are the food people and, uh, you know, the different places like Home Depot and things that are open. Those are quote unquote essentials, nurses, things like that. So if they're essential, then the president's already deemed churches essential. So technically that overrides what Gavin, or Gavin Newsom is trying to do in California. So I, I commend the pastors that are open. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry that the other pastors are jealous, uh, but you know what? You shouldn't be because you should be open too. And you should be leading. And I know some churches, you know, their congregations don't want to come. Well, if they don't want to come, that's on them. But I think that we as pastors and leaders, we should be open um, and give the option for people to come and get their, uh, their needs met by prayer. Uh, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. So we need to give the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the option to have their, uh, you know, to be prayed over and to come to the altar and weep. And, and there's something very powerful. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. It says that for a reason, because there's power when the body comes together. And all these people are saying, well, it's not about the building. It's not about the building. But the bottom line is it's about the, the ecclesia. It's about the body. It's about the church coming together. And that's where the power is. And, and the Bible even says we're two or more gathered in my name. So, you know, we don't want to forsake the assembling of the brethren. I never felt good about it. I was one of the people that was out there when Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, my friend, was getting arrested down in Tampa because he was holding services and everybody was jumping down my throat for defending him, saying that I was some awful person and I'm, I'm not caring about the elderly and I'm not caring about those, you know, that are at risk. Well, as this whole thing has played out, we've seen that a lot of that was just hype. Most of it was hype. And by the way, who's the one that didn't care about the elderly? I think it was Governor Cuomo in New York who put uh, COVID positive people into nursing homes and got the entire nursing home wiped out. So if anybody didn't care, but I didn't hear any investigations or stories on Governor Cuomo, but they were mad at the pastor. They were mad at the pastor for trying to assemble and do what the Word of God says. So people say, well, you know, what about the scriptures that say we need to obey the authorities and why not? Well, you know, uh, we had David Barton on the other day on the Patriot and Preacher Show, and he really broke that down well. He said, well, not when the government goes against the Word of God. Then you're, you you got to disobey because you have to follow the Word of God. You can't follow government over the Word of God then you're in disobedience, saint. So pastors, listen, I'm not here to judge or condemn you. I don't want to be mean-spirited or, you know, um, not have a heart here. But the bottom line is, look, you're walking through some very complicated things. 
And I understand that. Uh, you know, you have to worry about insurance and liability and all the different things. All I'm saying is, you know what, if you have a parking lot, why don't you put a tent up out there and have service outside? Or, you know, if you have an option somewhere in your community or, you know, some churches, what they're doing, and I think this is just fine, they're breaking up into groups and small groups and meeting in homes. Don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. Just meet. Just me, be the church. You don't have to be. The church has left the building. We know that. So we're not worried about being in the building. Although I will say, as I drive down the highways and byways of America and we go to different states, and I do notice these massive mega churches that are just dormant, and I think to myself, wow, look at what we did here in the United States. We built these massive structures, and yet we stopped preaching the full Bible. And that, to me, is dangerous. And, uh, you know, we need to preach the full Bible. So, yes, the, the United States needs to repent. We need to return back to our morality and common sense and the things that were, uh, you know, taught in the Word of God, return to our first love, Jesus Christ. And it's up to the church leadership to guide and direct, to be the head and not the tail. And I pray that every day. So I'm not against repentance. I think Billy Graham had it right. We need to repent. We need to realize that there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins and our transgressions. He shed his blood for us. And our nation needs to repent. When we repent, there will be a powerful move of God. We're already seeing the beginning stages of a powerful move of God in, in pockets around the country, but I think it's going to happen more so. But is it going to take us getting to a worse place? Is it going to take us getting to a dire situation where the economy crashes or something dramatic happens where it makes COVID-19 look like a chump change, look like nothing? And uh, that's what I'm hoping doesn't have to happen, like a nuclear bomb going off in a city or, a, you know, an EMP or something crazy for us to, to finally turn back. I hope that we do it now. I hope that we heed the warning of the Holy Spirit of the living God now. We return back to Jesus Christ. We return back to the forward of God. We preach about the blood. We preach about the cross of Calvary. We preach about redemption in Jesus Christ, healing, the, the gifts of, of, of you know, the, the Holy Spirit for today, that we can see miracles and signs and wonders right now in the name of Jesus, that we can walk in the full anointing of the Holy Spirit in wisdom, in discernment, we can lay hands on the sick and we can see them healed in Jesus' name and we need to repent from our unrighteousness. So there's my rant about that. I believe that those are things that we need to do, but that doesn't mean that America is not a great nation. It doesn't mean that this, this country has done some amazing things in history. Uh, we've had soldiers that have fought in, in many, many wars and uh, fought against tyrants like Hitler and Mussolini and uh, you know the imperial J Japanese that, you know, we're communist and, and, and evil and uh, all the different, you know, people that we fought against, the, the you know, the, the Russians and the Soviet Union during the time of the Iron Curtain and, uh, you know, all the different um, wars that we fought in the Korean War. And uh, think about Kim Jong-un and, and North Korea. Imagine if they had the whole Korean Peninsula. Imagine if they had expanded. So it's, it's, it's crucial what America has done in this world in liberating France and liberating, you know, the beaches of Normandy, you know, and I mean, I can just go on and on, yet they're teaching in our schools to hate America. They're teaching in our schools that America is an evil country. And, and so what happens without America? What happens if there's a vacuum in the world? And, and America would be gone tomorrow. What if we were to be reduced to a third world country? What if our military uh, were to be um, neutralized? You know, what if, what if China was able to fill in that gap in the world? They were able to fill in the vacuum left by the once great superpower of the United States. What would happen? 
Well, I think you and I know, you know, some, something of what would happen, but it probably would be even darker than what we can think. And to me, it would be what the Bible talks about in the tribulation. So could that be upon us in a, in a, in a near season? And well, sure, it certainly could, as we're seeing the Democrat Party has literally gone full communist. And what are their agendas? What are they trying to push? Well, they're talking about uh, the Green New Deal and reparations. They have people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who's you know now a leader in the party. This is a woman that looks up to communism and Cuba and you know all the different things that she's totally sincerely wrong about. And uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, just think about Bernie Sanders almost became the nominee, a guy that literally honeymooned in the Soviet Union. Uh, so we're talking about very dangerous people that have now gained control and pulled the Democrat Party to the far left. And these are the people that are saying, you know, no borders, no wall, no USA at all. They, they hate the flag. Uh, they, they burn the flag. They don't like the American flag. They say it's a symbol of racism, just like Mount Rushmore. Um, you know, they don't like Francis Scott Key, who wrote the uh, Star Spangled Banner, a man who literally uh, worked pro bono to try to get slaves uh, freed. Uh, but people don't care about history anymore. They don't care about truth or facts or any of that because Howard Zinn and uh, you know, Saul Linskyites and all the different people that have worked so hard to scrub real history and teach what I said earlier, that America is this evil plague on the world. And so, you know, they point just like a, the devil does. You know, the devil points at us as believers and he says, you know, the one thing that we did wrong, because I will tell you right now, there's going to be something that if somebody looked hard enough at me, they could find on me. See, I, I've never professed to be perfect. I never professed that I've figured it all out. I've never professed. Jesus is the only perfect person. He wasn't a person. He was fully God and fully man. So I'm not perfect, but I'm repentant. And when I do something wrong, I have conviction of the Holy Spirit. I turn from my wicked way, but sometimes people don't forgive me for it. And God does. And, you know, so sometimes I have uh, issues here on this world with people that I've heard or I've done things wrong or whatnot. But I try my best to live through that moral compass and live through the biblical lens of life that I see things through what the word of God says. And if something is sin in the word of God, I do my absolute best to avoid it. And, uh, you know, and I think that most believers are trying to do that. And so we, we are not perfect, but we are forgiven and we're walking forward in righteousness and we're trying to live according to the word of God. And so that's what we do. And that's, that's what believers do. So you can always find something wrong with what we do. And you can always find something wrong with the United States because the United States is not blameless, but the United States has been a beacon of hope and freedom. And uh, we've been able to maintain the world order to keep communism at bay and to keep countries like Russia and China and uh, those that would have a much more bleak outlook for the future of our world if they were to gain control. And what the Democrat Party has done is they've aligned themselves with China. And Joe Biden says, well, China's not really the problem. And, you know, this is the guy whose son was involved in Burisma and uh, all the, the different stuff in Ukraine that was very, very corrupt. And uh, we know that Joe Biden is actually being looked at by the authorities in Ukraine now and for the things that him and George Soros and the Obama administration did. So we know that these people are very corrupt. I mean, think about who Biden's been associated with all these years. Come on. I mean, this is a man who's been in the swamp for, for decades now. And so he's done all kinds of dealings with China. There's a picture with him and Xi Jinping. And, you know, they're just so they're buddies because Xi Jinping knows he's, he's a friend to China. 
He's going to go in there and let China continue to have the biggest wealth transfer in the history of the world from west to east. He's going to go in there and continue to let China, you know, uh, steal our technology and our intellectual assets, you know, and, and continue to uh, watch manufacturing and jobs and wealth transfer to China so that the 16-year plan can be completed. And that's what will happen if any Democrat gets in office right now because the party is corrupt and the party has been taken over by the radicals, the Saulinskiites. Um, you know, the people that want rules for radicals to be their agenda, the people that want problem action solution, the people that want to see, uh, you know, a problem, a major problem, like the destruction of our country so that they can then bring forth communism and take away the Constitution. They don't care if they crash the system. So I talked about the Green New Deal and reparations. Well, what does that exactly mean? Well, if they were to get into power, what, what would happen was they'd try to push these uh, these agendas through. And if they got the House and the Senate, my gosh, and they got rid of the filibuster, forget about it. They can push as much. I mean, they could be the most effective Congress ever. But the problem is it's effective for the worst reasons to get their policies through. And if they get the Green New Deal, and let's just talk about that, trillions of dollars of new fresh debt. We've already added trillions of dollars during this coronavirus. Uh, trillions of fresh debt to the, to the national debt. I mean, all you have to do is look at the debt before and after the last stimulus bill and all these companies that got bailed out and because we shut down, because we listened to guys like Dr. Fossey and, and you know, the WHO and the CDC and all the corrupt establishment medical people that, by the way, President Trump is up against. He's trying to, uh, you know, take the drug prices down. He's going up against big pharma. Good for him. Another deep state uh, institution that the president has chose to go on, uh, you know, a war path on, which is amazing. I've never seen anybody since John F. Kennedy that's tried to take on as much as President Trump is. I mean, it's unbelievable what this man's trying to do. He's the thin blue line between communism and uh, freedom, and uh, he's one man, so we need to pray for him. But yes, the, the Democrats, so let's just say they get the Green New Deal. Let's say they do it. They get the Green New Deal and they put trillions of dollars of fresh debt onto our balance sheets, right? Well, what, what do you think China and Russia and the other nations in the world that use the petrodollar system that are all looking at the dollar-denominated global reserve currency system, what do you think they're going to say when they see the United States continue to print monopoly money and uh, have all these policies? Yeah, Green New Deal. You think they're going to be happy about that? What about if they do reparations? It sounds really good. If you're African-American, it probably sounds really good to you. You get like $150,000 per person. That's pretty impressive, right? You can go out there and, and buy, you know, $150,000 worth of things. I would like $150,000. So who's not going to want that, right? But the problem with that is, is that our country will never get that to you. You'll never actually get that money. If you do get it, it'll be as our country is sinking and, and literally uh, the, the economic system is crashing because, your dollars won't be worth anything anymore. The countries of the world are already watching us, ladies and gentlemen. We are late in this game, in this fiat currency system. And I, I broke this down on, on past shows, you know, where we, they had the Bretton Woods Agreement around World War II. And uh, they established that the U.S. dollar would be the global reserve currency. And then that was changed when the speculators, remember the speculators and Richard Nixon said, we have to defend the dollar against the speculators. Well, people were trying to get, they were trying to cash out their gold because they were worried about the dollar. And so what the, the Nixon did is he worked out a solution where he pegged the dollar to, uh, to the oil. And uh, ever since then, it's been the petrodollar until a couple of years ago when the countries like China said, hey, we're going to start buying oil in the Chinese yuan. We're going to start buying directly from you. We're going to do a bilateral trade deal with you and we can use your oil. We don't need U.S. dollars. 
And so there was cracks in the ceiling and there's been cracks in the ceiling. Uh, and, and, and we continue to see this system kind of imploding. And then comes Donald Trump at the very last minute and he starts renegotiating the trade deals like NAFTA. And he says no to the TPP. And then he starts going at it with China and says, no, we don't want you to have the global reserve currency. We're not just going to give it to you. You know, we're not just going to do that. So he's, he's in these negotiations and people can't understand why he's putting tariffs and why he's trying to bring back jobs and manufacturing. They don't understand what this man's doing, but this man's doing more good than probably any president of our lifetime. I mean, this is even bigger than what President Reagan did with the Iron Curtain, with the Soviet Union. Tear down that wall, Mr. Gorbachev. This is even bigger than that. President Trump is renegotiating the system. He's renegotiating the system, and, and he's trying to land us in a safe place, bringing back the jobs, bringing back the manufacturing, getting us to have equal trade with other countries so we don't have trade deficits. Because he knows that when the dollar system is done, and that could be this year, next year, very soon, that's why you're seeing gold and silver going way up, people are waking up. They know the dollar's not worth much, but President Trump's going to use this credit card as much as he can for as long as he can while he gets this other system set up, and he's defending our nation. And God forbid, God forbid Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or, or you know Michelle Obama or any of these tyrants on the left were to get in. Not only are they going to censor, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute, but they're going to just crash our system, and they're going to blame it on Donald Trump, and they're going to put us into a tyrannical UN globalist system where you have no constitutional rights, and if you think you're being censored now, <laughs> they will put you on a list and put you into a truck or a vehicle and send you to a re-education camp just like they do in China because the left loves China. And so you better believe you'll have a social credit score system. You better believe you will not buy or sell without getting a vaccine. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see where this is going? Do you understand where we're at in the history line right now? Do you understand how late it is? I really hope you do. I really hope you do. So listen, before I end the program today, let me talk about this censorship that I began to talk about early on in the program. You know, Facebook, they shut down those doctors that came out. They talked about a cure. They talked about hydroxychloroquine, a cure, a possible cure. And I, listen, the reason why I'm for hydroxychloroquine is several people that I know personally were sick with coronavirus, took hydroxychloroquine, and got healed. Obviously, there was prayer involved, but we know that hydroxychloroquine works. I've seen it too many times for my own friends. And I've heard doctor after doctor coming out saying with zinc and azithromycin, this is a winning treatment towards at least 91 to 96% of the people that take the hydroxychloroquine. So to me, that's pretty good. It's a better chance than a vaccine that we have no idea what it will do to our DNA. Many are saying it'll alter our DNA. Many people are saying that it has all kinds of biotech in it and all kinds of crazy stuff that I certainly don't want inside my body. I've already seen what the vaccines have done and the crazy schedule that they put into our children now, this ridiculous schedule that these poor kids have to live with and take like 36 to 40 vaccines as these little kids are getting all this mercury and disgusting things that are toxic being put in their body. And then we see all these new ailments coming up. Well, why would that be? I wonder. And then they have the vaccine court and they label you an anti-vaxxer. You're, you're evil if you won't get your child vaccinated a million times. Now they want the whole world to take a vaccine. A vaccine that's championed by Bill Gates, a man who literally says he will use vaccines to depopulate the earth. 
in speeches. He says, well, we'll use the vaccines to keep the population under control. Well, that doesn't make me feel too good to know that Bill Gates is involved. This man is weird. He's dark. There's something not right about him. All you got to do is have discernment. Just look at the man. Come on. And by the way, what makes him the expert on vaccines? He's not a doctor. Who is this man? He's a man that created Microsoft. He's not a doctor. How did he get so involved in trying to kill off large portions of the earth? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it does if you know these people and the cabal and the dark people and the shadow government and all these people that have a very nefarious agenda who serve Satan. They, they definitely don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't see him serving the Lord Jesus, even though he tries to make it look like he's doing a, you know, a noble cause and trying to help the world. He's not trying to help the world, ladies and gentlemen. So they want you to take this vaccine. And so they're mad because the doctors, the doctors came out and they said, we don't want this vaccine because we already have hydroxychloroquine. It's working and you're not being told the truth. So what does Facebook and all the social media giants do? They start taking down these videos. I think people are waking up. I think people are seeing. I think it could have been a trap. I think that they might have done this just so that they would react and respond this way like they did with the pandemic video. Because now their narrative is messed up. Now, millions of people have seen this video. And what do you think these people think about that? When they see these doctors, these are legitimate people. They're coming out and they're saying, listen, we've, we've worked on this. One woman said I had over 350 people. Well, that's about the 10th person I've heard that said that same thing. And that the hydroxychloroquine works. I'll tell you something. If I ever were to get the coronavirus, I would want some hydroxychloroquine, wouldn't you? That's why the world leaders are taking it. That's why presidents and kings and celebrities are taking it. You don't hear anything about that, but they're getting better, aren't they? So listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world right now. And I said a lot in today's episode, but I am here to make sure that I get the word out the best that I can, because the Lord's put this on my heart as a calling. I ask that you would please pray for me and our ministry. We love you so much. We love the Lord so much. He is good. He's worthy of praise. I cannot do anything without walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If I'm off, I ask the Lord to forgive me and that he would restore me and let me get back in line with his Holy Spirit so that I can be about his business, speaking to the remnant body of Christ, because we are the ones that the Lord is looking to right now. What will we do as the remnant church? Will we repent of our unrighteousness? Will we lead the people of the United States towards the cross of Calvary? Will we show them the truth? Because the Bible says the truth shall set the captive free. Thank you for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless you.